Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. Our culture seems to change more and more quickly anymore. Author Flora A. Claybrook discusses how the church is adapting in her new book, Church Leadership Challenges in the 21st Century. Flora is with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for being here with me, Flora. Thank you, Corey, for inviting me to be with you. It's my pleasure. Can you tell us about your book? Yes, I would be delighted to tell you about the book. This book is an examination of issues facing the Christian church in modern times. It's a compelling study that identifies and discusses 12 major challenges confronting uh, the 21st century church leaders, while at the same time detailing practical strategies for meeting these challenges and reversing some of the negativity against the church. And in this uh, examination, I discuss 12 major challenges. First, the unchristian phenomena, blending generational groups, uh, religious pluralism versus exclusivism, open theism versus classical theism, gender-neutral Bible controversy, uh, egalitarianism versus complementarianism, LGBT conversation, postmodernism and religion, futurism and preterism, biblical illiteracy in the church, uh, the need for radical uh, racial uh, reconciliation, and continuous disintegration of the American family. Those are 12 of the major challenges that I chose to explore in this book. However, there are others, but these fall within that major category. How did this book come about? Where did the idea come from? Actually, uh, this is a product of my doctoral dissertation uh, while working on uh, a doctorate in theology. Of course, I had to write a dissertation, and I was presented with the possible three things to write about. And, and of course, this was one of them, and my eye went right to this one. I, I elected to do that because uh, of the times in which we're living uh, and the changing uh, changes that have taken place in the world and in the church. So that sparked my interest. If you had one piece of advice for aspiring writers, what would that be? Uh, it would be do it. <laughs> if there's an idea planted in your mind that you want to explore, you want to write about, do it. Get to work on it. Don't don't just sit on it. Get to work on it. Start brainstorming and outlining and researching and then just do it. Do you have anything on the horizon? Are you working on maybe a follow-up to this or another writing project? Uh, possibly. Some ideas are floating around in my head. So uh, there's a great possibility that there could be a follow-up or something totally different. I don't know just yet. The book is Church Leadership Challenges in the 21st Century by Flora A. Claybrook, Th.D.
Published by Christian Faith Publishing, it's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Flora, thank you for joining us here. It was a pleasure meeting you and finding out about your book. Thank you so much, Corey, for having me on today. Putting the needs of others before your own is a noble way of life. And author Robert E. Jordan's new book, Faith, Flag, and Family, A Purposeful Guide for Selfless Service, reflects on this service. Robert is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for joining us today, Robert. Oh, you're very welcome. It's my pleasure. So can you tell us what the book is about? Uh, yes. Uh, briefly, uh, the book is uh, a collection of personal letters, and the foundation of which was in, during my military service, I started writing letters to other service members as a way to provide them some mentorship and some guidance. And originally, uh, I wrote five letters, and, were, and I personally gave these letters to five individuals. And from that, every month thereafter, I would write a memo, if you will, and it would go circulate from 5 to 15 to 50. It went around the world. The focus of these memos was, at the time, purposeful and selfless service. And so it went from the original five to well over 500 uh, that I knew of. And also then people would forward these and print them. And it was innumerable, the number of people that would view them. I would receive emails from individuals that I had no idea who they were, that a relative of, uh, you know, sent this for the, the memo to them. That's how this whole thing started. And at the end of my military career, a good friend of mine approached me and said, you should put these in a memoir and then have them published. So the focus of these, is, it all focuses on purposeful and selfless service. And it's basically an introduction of the three salient points of faith, flag, and family. That's really the concept of the book. So have you ever written a book before? No, this is the, the first. I didn't consider myself really to start out as, as an author, uh, just as a mentor. As this developed over 12 years of writing each monthly memo, people would mention to me that I should perhaps publish these uh, one day. And, and of course, I, I took the advice of a very good friend, uh, sought to publish them after I put them together in a manuscript. The process of organizing everything, editing everything, getting it all formatted for book format. What was that like? Well, that was very interesting because I, I really had no idea what the process was. And so uh, working with uh, the folks there at Christian Faith Publishing, they, they stepped me through the process. And so what was so important to me with Christian Faith Publishing was to really keep the content the way I presented it. Uh, because I, I reflected upon, uh, you know, my granddaughter reading to her grandchildren the words of her papa. And so that was so important. And uh, I was very, very pleased with Christian Faith Publishing. I mean, uh, they uh, suggested some format changes, obviously, and, but uh, the content remained very much intact. And I was so grateful for that, given that this was originally written for an audience of one and uh, that's very important, too. That's how personal it is. The audience of one is for my beloved granddaughter. The book is Faith, Flag, and Family, A Purposeful Guide for Selfless Service by Robert E. Jordan, published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Robert, thank you for chatting with me here tonight. It was an absolute pleasure meeting you and finding out about your book. Thank you so much. In her new book, I See an Angel, 
Rosemary Luke details an extraordinary spiritual experience. Rosemary is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Rosemary, thank you for being here today with me. You're welcome. I'm happy to be here. So can you tell us what you're describing in this book? Well, on October 7, 2011, I was in a local hospital for surgery. And when I was waking up in recovery, the first thing I saw was an angel standing in front of me. And we had quite the conversations. And she left me with a message. She said, tell them it is almost time. And then she talked quite a bit about abortion and sin in general. And, you know, it, it really got involved. It seemed like she was there forever, but I'm sure she was just there briefly. So what was the writing like on this book? How long did it take you to write? Well, on and off, actually, uh, eight years. There were so many times that I thought I was finished with the book when the angel would prompt me to get writing again. So it did change a little bit, not, of course, the main content, but the book evolved, let's say, into a very detailed book about so many things that we talked about, the angel and I. Have you ever written a book or been published before? No, this was my first book. I, I really didn't intend to write a book. It was really the angel that kept prompting me to keep writing. Uh, over the years, I would maybe jot down an interesting dream or or something that happened just for my own personal you know, enjoyment maybe, but never intended to write a book. And it just kept evolving and evolving. And then I knew finally when I was done because I just didn't have this feeling I should keep going. I knew when I should publish it too. I just, I can't explain it to you, but it was a very strong feeling of everything I did throughout the book. I enjoyed it so much, I may write another one. I don't know what about, but... <laughs> Did you ever hit a point where you were just at a lack of words and the ideas weren't coming, kind of a writer's block? Oh, my goodness. No, that never happened. Uh, it, it was constant details that really had to do with everything that we talked about, the angel and I. Only I would maybe sit and try to feel myself, how should I word it? And then she'd help me with that, too. It was just unbelievable. It just kept going and going, and the, and the, the content would just come to me. Uh, I've heard other people talk about this writer's block, and believe me, that I had none of that. Well, the book is I See an Angel by Rosemary Luke, published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Rosemary, thank you for coming on the show tonight. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Oh, you're welcome. I enjoyed it. In his new book, I Love You, Daddy, author John N. Stinnett looks for answers during some of life's most painful seasons. John's with me here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. John, thank you for being here with me today. I appreciate it so much, the opportunity. Absolutely. Can you tell us about I Love You, Daddy? Well, it's it's a book about a father try to, trying to understand God and Every aspect of my Christian upbringing and college education had to really be reevaluated. Why did this happen? You know, why did my daughter die? Why did my why was my daughter killed? I tried to leave no stone unturned as I tried to search for answers, and and so that's kind of what the book is about: is about a father's journey trying to understand the God that he thought he knew. So, what inspired you to write the book and get it published? After it 
all was said and done in the years that I spent dealing with the grief and pain, I saw something that I really felt deep in my heart that would help other people. And that's really what I wanted to do. We worked with a group called the Compassionate Friends for many years, and and I saw the pain, the agony, and the torture that people go through dealing with loss, any loss. And so it inspired me to finally, after many years, to sit down and put into words what my heart was telling me to say. Is this the first book you've written or had published? It is my first book, but... I have book two sitting on the shelf ready to go, and book three underway. What was that like for you, having written a book for the first time and going through the whole process of publishing? It was traumatic (laughs) because there's a message I wanted to get out, and I I had no idea. If you've never done it before, it's quite a compelling adventure, and it was worth every second of it. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed working with my publisher and and finally getting to the point where the book is out. The only thing that's holding anything up is the virus right now, trying to trying to promote the book. Did you ever experience writer's block, and how did you deal with it? It is amazing to say that as soon as I decided in my heart that I wasn't going to stop until that book was done, I I never at one never once had to say I can't I don't know what to say. I, the words came. God gave me the words, and I just kept writing. And I'm still writing today. Book three is almost done. Book two is ready to go. So it's just one of those things where somehow I knew that it was time to do this, and it's it's getting done. And and I'm so proud of this book. Do you have any words of advice for aspiring authors who want to write their first book? They want to get a book published? You know, I say that if you if you have a message that you really feel strongly about and you know that you want people to hear it, don't stop until it's done. Make it happen. Make it your priority to get that word out. I believe that this was the right word, and I believe that People needed to hear what I had to say. And so I, I, nothing stops me. So don't let anything get in your way. The book is I Love You, Daddy by John N. Stinnett, published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. John, thank you for talking here tonight. It was a pleasure getting to meet you and getting to know more about this very special book. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Hunter, The Path of an Assassin is an exciting new novel by author Sidney Robinson, and it's on shelves now. Sidney is with me here at the Reader House Author Roundtable right now. Thank you for being here tonight, Sidney. It's a pleasure being here. So, can you tell us about Hunter? Uh, Yes, so it is actually a story of a young girl by the name of Angel, who is coming into her full training for being an assassin. And everything kind of kind of blows up in her face as she's just about to complete her training. So we're following her as everything kind of goes topsy-turvy in her world she thought was set. Where did the idea for this book come from? Uh, actually, it was when I was sitting in a uh, class in my seventh grade for science. We were supposed to be watching a presentation on the X7 by Les, and I decided to, you know, drift off and decided to write something else instead. And, of course, came up with this idea of some of essentially what was one of the first scenes for the book, which was her standing in a graveyard, staring at an empty grave. Now, coming up with the plot for the book and fleshing it out, did you ever experience a writer's block kind of thing? And if so, do you have a strategy for dealing with it? 
Uh, quite a bit of writer's block as I was working it through. I think I've written this book a total of five times, different versions of it over the years in seventh grade. Uh, a lot of the fixing the problems was a lot of writing uh, fan fiction, actually, because I am obsessed with doing that. So that's what I pretty much do. Just kind of write in somebody else's sandbox and come back to my own. So is this the first book you've had published? Yes, sir. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. That's huge. How does it feel having a book out there for the first time and knowing that it's actually on bookshelves and people are reading it. It's amazing and yet terrifying because now people can actually read it and say, well, it was great or it was horrible. So, you know, it's a bit of a terrifying prospect of somebody else being able to read it because you can't look at them and go, well, this is what I wanted to do with this. And you have to hope the story conveyed everything you wanted it to do. Are you working on a follow up to this or another book of any kind? So actually, this is the first book in a trilogy for these ones, following the adventures of Angel. She's going through a training and advancing through the ranks. Uh, then there's all, So I'm working on a sequel to that. And then there is also a secondary trilogy I'm writing at this time uh, that is actually a retelling of King Arthur in modern day time from the perspective of Mordred. Now, are you more of an outliner where you know before you begin writing what's going to happen clear through to the end? Or are you more of a by-the-seat-of-your-pants kind of writer, just sort of discovering the story as you write? I'm a little bit of both, as most of my creative writing teachers would advise. I kind of do outlines, but as soon as I get to a certain part of them, there's a moment where you can clearly see that I went, well, that outline was really nice, but I'm going to go this direction instead. <laughs> the book is Hunter, The Path of an Assassin by Sidney Robinson. Published by Fulton Books, it's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere. Sydney, it was a pleasure speaking with you today. I was really happy to find out about your book and really excited about it. Thank you so much. In his new book, It All Starts With Your Dream, author Frederick Baida Jr. finds purpose in the diverse experiences of his life. Frederick is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for joining us tonight, Frederick. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. So can you tell us all a little bit about It All Starts With Your Dream? The book really is just about a way to encourage people who have a purpose. We all have a, we're all made for a purpose. We all have a dream. And sometimes along the way, life gets you know hung up where we a uh, situation pops up, we can't get overcome it, or we fall into a position where we are making successful choices. The world looks away, but we realize that in the inside, we're just, we're not fulfilling what we're made to do. And so this book really encourages people to, to chase after what's inside of them. So what gave you the idea to write this book? It was in December of 2010. I was training for my very first uh, half marathon, and it was probably the coldest night of the year, uh, actually early morning. It was probably 5 o'clock, and I was getting out of the house, and it was 28 degrees out. And I'm thinking, why am I running here? But I did my normal five miles for training, and as I was getting to the halfway point, I felt something inside of me say, I want you to write a book. And my first thought was like, what? Where did that come from? Why would I want, who'd want to read what I have to say and what would I talk about? And that was the initial genesis of the conversation where they get this whole process started. So have you ever written a book before? This is the very first time. And it actually took me a while from that first idea because I was so hung up like, did I really hear that? Did I hear that right? Is that, ah, and I kind of, life kind of got in the way and kind of pushed that thought to the side. Then came back around again and I just sat down and started to put it all together. So what was the biggest surprise for you along the way of writing the book? It really was uh, written about me. This is my journey. This is my story is what was kind of the focal point I figured out along the way that I along the way figured out my purpose. My purpose is to help other people 
find their purpose. And that's what the whole crux of the book is to encourage people to look beyond what's right in front of them to see what things could look like if they decided to chase after what they're made to do. Do you have any words of advice then for aspiring authors? Anyone looking to write a book, I remember going to a conference with John Maxwell in 2016. And one thing he gave to all of his attendees was like, if you are interested in aspiring to be a novelist or a writer of any kind, sit down and write every day. That's it. It's just sitting down and making yourself do it. You may not feel like it, but do it anyways. If you want to do it, then just go ahead and full on, just do it. Great advice. Are you thinking of writing some more, maybe a follow-up to this or another kind of book? You know, I have a few ideas that I'm working on right now, and nothing really is is sat down and come concrete yet, but I would love to sit down and write another book um, just to kind of take one of these topics that I've brought up and kind of dive a little deeper into it. I think just to kind of, again, it's really about telling stories. I remember while I was doing this, while I was writing the book, I was reading my, I, I read a lot of books. So I re, one of the books I was reading was a book by Carmine Gallo called Talk Like Ted. And it was talking about TED conferences where you only have 20 minutes or 18 minutes to tell your story. And they encourage people to use personal stories or illustrations. So throughout the book, I was just sharing stories. Basically, that's what started happening. I started sharing, using stories to illustrate what I was trying to share. So there's a lot of more ideas, I think, in my head that I want to, to explore further and go from there. The book is It All Starts With Your Dream by Frederick Bida Jr., Published by Christian Faith Publishing, it's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Frederick, thank you for joining us here tonight. It was a pleasure speaking with you and finding out about your book. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, sir. Author Joanne Petty offers hope during tough situations in her new book, Second Sunday. Joanne is joining me here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for being here with me today, Joanne. Thank you for inviting me, Corey. Glad to be here. Oh, it's great to have you. Can you tell us about Second Sunday? Wow. It's a, a very ins inspirational book. It teaches you how to handle a tough situation in your life. Uh, many books we read sometimes only give you a shadow of what they go through, but my book is going to show you how to stand firm and come out as a winner. What made you decide to write this? Oh, Corey, I heard so many family members telling me how God did this and God can do that. Well, I was faced with a tough situation, a challenging situation, and it had to do with me. My faith had grew in the church, and I wanted to be there on Sunday. But my job switched and wanted me to work on Sundays. And so I was challenged. And so I remember the word that I had read about remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And so I took that scripture and I stood on it. And God showed me that he is in control. Is this the first time you've written a book or the first time you've been published? Yes, this is my first book. Oh, congratulations. That's a huge, Thank you. huge accomplishment. How does it feel now knowing that your book is on shelves and people are buying it? I'm so excited. The most important thing to me is the response from the people. I sold over 260 books, and the response is just overwhelming. You know how people are being encouraged and where, you know, they see that uh, you don't have to be perfect, that God can use you. You know, God will show up. And it's just been, it's just been an exciting moment for me. Do you have any advice now for aspiring writers? Oh, I, I, I challenge anyone to, if you recognize that you have a story, there's a difference between a story and just uh, situations. So if you think you have a story, I think you should publish it because you never know 
who you might encourage or who you, you know, your story can touch someone. There's a lot of people that are going through different things. Yours might be the one that bring them out. Absolutely. Now, are you thinking about working on a follow-up to this or maybe another book to write? <laughs> I've had so many readers ask me that, and I have uh, God Word Never Changes. I'm working on that book, and I'm... Uh, I've thinking about doing a, 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 a follow-up on Second Sunday. I've been thinking about it, but I do have one going on. It's called God Word Never Changes, so I'm excited. Now, while you're writing, do you ever hit writer's block where the ideas just aren't flowing anymore, and do you have a strategy for dealing with that kind of thing? It is it is so amazing that you asked me that because I, I just have one, and it's been like, almost a month, I'm like, oh, oh Lord, I, I need you to download something because uh, I'm stuck here. So, you know, yeah, you do have a writer's block, yes. So prayer is pretty much your solution to that? Is there any other way that you get yourself unstuck? I, I observe other people's situations, and, um, you know, they inspire me what to put in the book. Many times I counsel people or, you know, encourage people. And so that gives me uh, ideas, you know, that that's inspired me to put that in the book, you know, uh, that can help someone. The book is Second Sunday by Joanne Petty, published by Christian Faith Publishing. This is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Well, Joanne, thank you so much for talking with me today. It was a pleasure getting to know you and getting to know more about the book. Well, thank you, Corey. It's a pleasure being here. A sheriff fights to restore law and order in southwestern Texas in the new novel by George G. Wood, Settling the Score, a Jeff Nelson Western. George is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for being here with us tonight, George. Thank you very much. Well, can you tell us what's going on in Settling the Score? This young man uh, goes to war. He survives, and after the war, he uh, he migrates to South Texas and begins a cattle ranch, a sprawling cattle ranch. becomes quite successful, and uh, from there he becomes a marshal and uh, restores law and order. Now, this is post-Civil War era, right? This is more of a historical piece? Yes, this is uh, during the Civil War. Uh, he survives the uh, the whole four years, luckily. Where did you get the idea for this book? I've always been interested in history and the Civil War period. Uh, it's not too popular right now, but uh, it's uh, for the people that do like that period in Westerns. It's uh, one of my favorites, and uh, I thought I would uh, sit down and write a story about it. Is this the first book you've had published? Yes, it's the very first book. Well, congratulations. That's a huge accomplishment. How does it feel to have your work out there on shelves for people to read? Well, I'm very proud of it. Flattered. And my kids uh, are quite uh, impressed. Uh, I'm just glad that uh, it's there, and I hope it's successful. I hope people really appreciate it. Do you have any advice for somebody who wants to do the same thing, write a book and put it out there? You know, a person has a uh, has a story in mind, a, an idea. Certainly, they need to sit down and uh, put it into writing, and they need to tell it, because there's some of us who would like to read it. Do you ever deal with writer's block, where you go to write and you can't get the ideas going? And if you do, do you have a strategy for dealing with that? Uh, I've, <laughs> a couple of times I've had writer's block. And I just uh, get up and leave my computer for a while 
And then uh, in the middle of the night, uh, I wake up and I have this idea for another chapter. And uh, sometimes I jump out of bed and come in here and and write it down. And then uh, the next morning, I put it to paper, or I put it into the computer, that is. And um, I uh, I just go from there. So are you thinking about a follow-up to this or another book? I've got two books in progress right now that I'm writing. I've got uh, a dozen books that are finished. Uh, they need to be edited, and uh, then I need to put them to the publisher. Fantastic. We're looking forward to it. This is Settling the Score, a Jeff Nelson Western by George G. Wood, published by Fulton Books. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere. George, thank you very much for coming and speaking with us here tonight. It was great getting to know you and finding out about the book. You're certainly welcome, and I appreciate it. And I hope that what I've said helps some young writer out there that wants to write a book. Author J.P. Laraquente invites you to take an imaginative journey in her new book, The Enchanted Adventure Tales. J.P. is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for being here tonight, J.P. Thank you for having me. I truly appreciate it. Absolutely. Can you tell us about The Enchanted Adventure Tales? Yes, it's about a little girl who explores her island in the Caribbean, and she sees it as an enchanted place, a place that she loves, and she becomes curious to see what else is out there in the world. So she becomes very curious, asks her parents to get out there. So they start taking a journey right outside of that island just to see what else is there that is magical to other people. Where did you get the idea for this book? I used to travel a lot with my mother growing up. I traveled with my daughters as well. We always went on family adventures. It became something that was important to me to let my children explore, to let my children feel good about where they belong, where they were born. So it became a little magical experience for me to share that with people. Is this the first time you've written a book or had a book published? It is. It is my very first book published. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate that. So what have you learned along the way, taking this journey now for the first time of writing a book and getting it published? That my family, my friends are very supportive. It is a beautiful experience. You are able to become creative and show the world what you are capable of, that you can show others to be inspired by it as well and begin to write, to begin to do things that you've always wanted to do. So how does it feel knowing that it's up there on bookshelves now and people are buying it and reading your work? I'm humbled. I'm absolutely taken aback, sometimes even shocked that it happened, that the magic really happened for me. Do you have any advice for aspiring authors? I truly believe that you should get out there, write, do whatever it takes, whatever you can to show someone your work. You might inspire somebody. You might make somebody feel loved, special, whatever the feeling is that you want your book to make someone feel like. I really believe that anybody that has the spirit in them is capable of doing this. So is there anything for you on the horizon here? Are you working on maybe a follow-up to this book or another writing project? I am. I'm actually writing my second book right now, and I'm really excited to share it. I get it little ideas here and there, and I definitely write them down wherever I can. 
so I can make the second book something that I'm proud of as well. What kinds of books do you enjoy reading in your spare time? I love autobiographies. I love mystery books. I love thrillers. I love sci-fi. I don't think that there's a genre out there that I haven't been either inspired by or don't love. I truly love a bookstore. I truly love other people's work. The book is The Enchanted Adventure Tales by J.P. Laraquente, published by Fulton Books. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere. J.P., thank you for talking with me here tonight. It was a joy getting to know you and learn more about your book. Thank you for having me. I truly enjoyed this. Author J.W. McCullough returns to the Reader House Author Roundtable with another imaginative journey in his new book, When I Dream in Fantasyland. Welcome back to the show, JW. Thanks, Corey. It's uh, great to be back here with you on air. So congratulations on the new book. Can you tell us about it? Sure. So When I Dream in Fantasyland is inspired by my son, Benjamin, as many of these books, in fact, all of these children's books so far have been. And what it was is one day I was you know, in his room and he was sleeping and he had this big smile on his face and, it, and he was moving and tossing, but not in a uncomfortable way, but he was just, it seemed like he was on this great adventure while he was sleeping. And so um, I started imagining what he was seeing and what he was doing as he was on this adventure. As it turns out, he was in this place called Fantasyland. And in Fantasyland, it's this magical place with fairies and unicorns and mermaids and narwhals and, and giants and, and even a uh, nutcracker and cyclops or two. So it's full of this myth, these mythical creatures that kind of take Benjamin on these various adventures uh, throughout Fantasyland. And, and as it turns out, that's why he had such a big smile on his face. And, and that's why he was having such an adventure I almost feel like he was disappointed when he woke up, uh, knowing what I know now about Fantasyland. The last time you were here, we talked about the holiday balloon, and now writing this one. Was there anything different in writing this one as opposed to the last one? Yeah, so I think holiday balloon definitely had a lot of realism to it, right? You know, it was still grounded in the present. We'll see what adventure they go on next in the holiday balloon. But for that first book, it was very much grounded in the present. And Benjamin went over the ocean and, and met his new friend Talia in, in Israel and learned a lot about you know Hanukkah and the traditions there. I think when I dream in fantasy land was, you know, I let my, I channeled my inner two, you know, three, four year old and let my imagination run wild with the different adventures uh, they see and they go on uh, when they go to this magical place when, when they're sleeping. So I think this one was a bit more um, whimsical and, and fantasy-like. Uh, there's a, you know still some magic in it, just like there was with the holiday balloon. But I would like to think the adventure was just as big. It's just, it was a different defini uh, destination. Instead of Jerusalem, it was uh, fantasy land. I love the elements of imagination and curiosity. But while you're exploring those themes, have you ever experienced writer's block in the process? And do you have a strategy for dealing with that kind of thing? You know, I have, you know, you could sit there and you can agonize over every line and why isn't it flowing? But I think the best thing is I just put an X, highlight the X, and then boom, I, I move on to the next section and, and just keep the ideas going. I think so as long as you put something down, even if you tweak it later, A, you feel better about yourself. B, you'll be surprised too by, by how fast that story comes together. Keep moving forward. Keep moving the chains forward. Uh, and, and the story takes a shape of its own before you know it. The book is When I Dream in Fantasyland by J.W. McCullough. 
published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. J.W., thank you again for joining us here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. It was great catching up with you. Likewise, Corey. Thanks for having me. Author Shauna Bennett takes readers on a journey into a fantasy world. In her new book, Soul Song. Shauna is joining me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Shauna, thank you for joining us tonight. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Can you tell us about Soul Song? Yeah, it is a fantasy fiction and it's a YA novel, but believe me when I say adults love it too. It has got a really strong female lead. That was what was most important to me was to give the girls their own hero now. Where did the idea for this book come from? It actually came from a song that I heard, and I thought it was just a really beautiful song, and I just kind of wrapped a story all around it. Are you a fan of this kind of fantasy genre? Yes, kind of, but I, I lean more towards, you know, Stephen King and stuff like that. So is this the first book you've written then? No, um, I've had two others before this, but this is the first YA novel I've done. Was there anything different about writing this one than the others? Yes, this one, gosh, I was just got so involved in it because it's a trilogy. Just really got involved in the whole world that I created and wanted to make sure that when I ended it, it ended in, in a satisfactory way. Sometimes when you end stuff, it doesn't always end like you like it. Do you have any advice for upcoming aspiring writers? Yeah, just sit down and start doing it. Every story is great. Well, they're not all great, but, you know, stories are great. So just sit down and just start writing. About how long were you working on writing this one? Um, I just finished the third one to this whole trilogy, so it will have been an entire year that it took me to do all three. Um, the first one took me about three months. How does it feel knowing that your work is out there, it's on shelves, and people are reading stuff you wrote? It's wonderful. I just really hope that they enjoy it and that they can take something away from it, like I've done with my favorite authors. So is there more you're working on now? Do you have any other books or writing projects that you're looking to put out there? Well, I'm, I'm just finishing up this trilogy. And um, then, yeah, I'm going to start another book after that. But I'm not sure yet. You know, I kind of left it where if we want to jump off and start a new trilogy from this one, we can. Or I may um, go in a different direction. I'm just not sure yet. So you said this is a young adult novel, but adults will enjoy it as well. What do you think appeals to young and old alike. I think it's the romance. You know, there, there's a romance going on without getting too specific and giving stuff away. There's a romance going on there. And the main character, Sawyer, has to meet four different men. And the four different men are appealing to everybody in a different way. You know, I've got people that call me and, and text me and say, oh, this one's my favorite, but no, now this one's my favorite. So you've got these very four different men and um, there's something for everyone in there. And I, th I think the romance though is appealing for the adults too. This is Soul Song by Shauna Bennett, published by Fulton Books. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere. Shauna, thank you for talking with us here tonight. It was great getting to know you and to learn more about your book. Thank you so much. Author Jeff Kayser offers encouragement during life's greatest trials. In his new book, Whisper Valley, Jeff is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for joining me tonight, Jeff. Uh, thank you for having me. Can you tell us about Whisper Valley? Uh, the book is about overcoming life's challenges to help readers better understand how difficult life can be for some people. 
At the same time, it takes them on a journey with characters who strive to overcome these hardships and move forward in their lives. Where did you get the idea for this book? It's actually has a lot to do with some personal things that went on in my life and the lives of those closest to me. After seeing what God was able to do in their lives, I wanted to share that hope with other readers who are struggling, hoping that I could plant a seed in their mind and allow them to see that change is possible for them as well. About how long were you working on this book? It took about one to two years. Is this the first book you've written or had published? Yes, it is. Oh, congratulations on that. That's a huge accomplishment. How does that feel now knowing it's out there on shelves? Uh, It feels great, Corey. Really big accomplishment. I never realized how much work it took to put a book out. What was the biggest surprise along the way of getting your book out there? It gave me an even greater appreciation for any book that I pick up because it helps you realize how much work it actually takes. And you see how authors give you the best that they have to offer. What advice would you give to aspiring writers? I have a notebook, and on that notebook it says, just write. You can get distracted by so many things, and you have so many excuses to make. But at the end of the day, if you just write, you'll push right past all your obstacles. So you're working on anything like a follow-up or another writing project? I actually have two books in progress. The first is a continuation of Whisper Valley. The second is an autobiography. My older brother died 13 years ago. And the second book is aimed at sharing my experience. I'm hoping that it will help others know they're not alone in their grief and that hope can still live on. What do you do to deal with writer's block when the ideas just aren't coming anymore? Do you have a strategy for that? I usually just start writing. It doesn't even have to be about the story that I'm currently working on. Sometimes just the act of writing helps you get into the flow. Did you have a target readership in mind for this, the kind of people that would get the most out of this book? Yeah, this book in particular focuses on people that are suffering. We don't understand why life is so painful, but we can't ignore the fact that it actually is. Many people turn to all kinds of things to avoid dealing with their pain, and I try to encourage people to push through it. And part of what I believe helps is hearing and reading stories that give hope. And hope is absolutely something we need more of. The book is Whisper Valley by Jeff Kayser, published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Jeff, thank you for talking with me here tonight. It was great meeting you and finding out about this book. Thank you, Corey and listeners. God bless. Christians are confronted with temptations all the time. And author Lawrence Baker discusses this in his new book, Lucifer's Case. Lawrence is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Lawrence, thank you for being here today. You're welcome. It's my pleasure to be with you. So can you tell us all about your book, Lucifer's Case? It is a book um, concerning Lucifer to try to unmask who he is and what his attempts are concerning Christians and how he's able to deceive and manipulate, and if we're not aware, we can be deceived and not even know it. Where did you get the idea to write this book? I did a play um, one Easter. I decided to do a play, and after I did the play, I was asked the question if I would consider writing it out in book form, and um, I was like, no, because I never really thought about being an author or writing a book. I said, but I I would do it and give it a try. And uh, here we are. What was that like, writing a book for the first time? Were there any real big challenges you faced? 
Well, it was more, I think, of not being accepted. The book being, you know, because, you know, again, I'm doing something that I'd never done before. You know, you need to call this, uh, call a publisher and send them the manuscript and see what would go from there. Because I, I really, I really didn't think it would, it would go anywhere. What advice would you give to people who are looking to write a book and get published? Be yourself first and foremost, and consider that you have a story to tell. And, you know, just sit down and just write and write from your heart. And again, be true to yourself because there's people out here that need what you offer. So about how long did it take you to write the book? About a, about a month. About a month. And in the publishing process, everything can be daunting. What did you experience there? Were there any challenges in that regard? Uh, and I think it was daunting in, in the fact that I had never done this before and I did not know what to expect. So you put... There's that nervous energy and you add to yourself, um, am I doing this correctly? Am I doing what's supposed to be done, what needs to be done? Yes, it can be can be a little rattling in the beginning. <laughs> so are you working on maybe another book, like a follow-up to this or another project? I'm working on another project, uh, not a follow-up to this, but yes, to answer your question, I am working on another project. What kinds of things do you read to stay inspired? You know, most of my reading is the Bible. That is first and foremost. You know, if I do pick up any other books, it's mostly pastors, that kind of thing. Most Very seldom do I go outside of books and things from a religious standpoint. Um, I try to stay within that, within that realm. The book is Lucifer's Case by Lawrence Baker, published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Lawrence, thank you for coming on the show tonight. It was great talking to you and finding out about your book. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Author G.P. Rader brings plenty of action in his new novel, Head of the Snake. G.P. is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for joining me tonight, G.P. Yeah, thank you, Corey. So can you tell us all what Head of the Snake is about? Yeah, Head of the Snake is a sequel to my first novel, uh, Death is Not the Final Chapter. And it's a continuation of the Jason Orr saga. And in this novel, uh, he travels to Cuesta, New Mexico to visit an old army buddy. And when he arrives, uh, he's kind of shaken to his core with, with the situation there. And that sets him off on a mission. During that mission, uh, he acquires uh, some good friends to help him out. And he confronts several drug cartels and their distribution of fentanyl. And that's kind of the basics of it, I think is very exciting and, and includes a lot of a lot of action and a lot of different characters that, that kind of add to the story. Yeah, sounds very exciting. Now, was this a book that was planned out along with the first one? Did you have this one in mind, or was this one that you just sort of dreamed up after the first one? Um, it, it was actually one that I kind of dreamed up after the first one. I wanted to continue with my main character, Jason Orr, since I kind of laid a little bit of groundwork with his friend in Cuesta, uh, New Mexico. In the first novel, I kind of expanded on that. And, and um, a lot of the, the main characters that were in book number one, um, I was able to build on them and expand them into the story. And there's also a sideline that goes along in this book besides what's going on with Jason. 
And that sideline also involves other characters that I put together in the other book, and it and it actually moves into uh, Russia. I'm going to have a hard time pronouncing this. The Solskinetskaya Brotherhood, uh, which is you know mafia type gang in Russia. So it 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 follows two storylines throughout the whole book. So will there be more for Jason on the horizon? Are you going to write more sequels? Absolutely. Um, I'm actually just completed chapter 41 of the third book, and the title of that is going to be uh, Vengeance is Mine. And it it focuses mainly in in U- Ukraine and Russia. I follow that uh, storyline, you know, involving that area and, and the Brotherhood uh, also. Do you ever get stuck for ideas and experience a writer's block situation? And how do you deal with that if you do? You know, it Things flow pretty well. I can usually sit down and go and write dialogue and things come to mind. But every once in a while, in fact, just a few evenings ago, I was sitting out enjoying my backyard and I got my notebook and within a half an hour, I laid out five or six of the ending chapters of the, of the book, just as ideas came and the direction I wanted them to go. And it, and it, and it really flowed well. Um, of course, those are just brief notes, but I can apply all those when I sit down and actually start writing the chapters and then develop from there. The book is Head of the Snake by G.P. Rader, published by Fulton Books. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere. G.P., thank you again for speaking with us here tonight. It was great getting to know you and about this book. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first.